Hello and welcome to the Religious Coffee Hour. Today we're going to be seeing how Kanye West on Drink Champ stood his ground, and also should Christians take firearms into the church building. <laughs> So, Kanye was on Drink Champs podcast, and he was asked about his red hat wearing. And I assume, and I suppose the question, um, the question really implied that he was no longer wearing the red hat. And Kanye had something to say about that. So let's let's take a listen in. Yeah, I had to tweet to but really you had a red hat on at the time, though. No, no, this is after I had a red hat, but I still got a red hat on today. I'll let y'all know that. <laughs> I might not got it on, but I'll let y'all know where I stand. <laughs> Kanye West is taking a stand. That's right. Kanye West is not going to allow the sway of public opinion to change what he believes. And he's not going to allow them to shut him up. And in that clip that you just heard, Kanye clearly stated that he's still sporting that red hat. He's still wearing that red hat. He he wants people to know where he stands. And he's not trying to hide anything. Now let's talk about this for a moment. But first I do want to tell you about what's going down toward the latter half of this podcast in just a little bit. I encourage you to stay long and to listen up because we're going to be talking about should Christians take firearms into the church building. I think this is a very important topic. Uh, it's a it's a highly debated topic among many, and so you're not going to want to miss it. Stick around for that, and I promise you that you'll be satisfied with the uh, discussion that we're going to have there. Okay, now let's talk about Kanye now. So, it is so important at, in this in this time to stand on what you believe. You know, Jordan Peterson, who's a clinical psychologist, he's come under a lot of heat not not just recently, but over the course of well, probably now the last two years. And Jordan Peterson has a statement that he makes that I am, uh, I am very, very appreciative that I, I heard this statement because it's helped me a lot. Jordan Peterson said that if you did not do anything wrong, never apologize. If you didn't do anything wrong, never apologize. I think that's so important because what people will do today, we live in a very narcissistic society. And people just love, people just love to see you acquiesce to their desires. And so what Kanye is doing is he's doing the exact opposite of acquiescing to people's desires. Now, when Kanye came out and he, he showed everybody that he was in support of President Trump, it shocked me. I think it shocked a lot of people. I just wasn't uh, it just came out of nowhere, and I, I wasn't expecting Kanye to, to be the one to support President Trump. And then when he came out uh, to run for president, I was even more shocked at that. And Kanye, from both of those actions, um, gained a lot of traction, but it wasn't all good traction. He gained a lot of negative traction. There were a lot of people that said, well, I can't believe Kanye did this now. I, mean, I hate his music now. He's ruined his music for me. Uh, Kanye's going crazy, he's losing his mind, and and all these things. And, you know, Kanye just released his new album not too long ago, his new album, Donda. And, you know, Donda was a, ve a very successful album, and, and I enjoyed the album. But, you know, it, it might not be very good for business for Kanye to come out and to speak about how he is still wearing that red hat. 
especially knowing the negative feedback that he got from it the first go round where he said those things. But the reason I put this in the podcast and the reason I want us to consider this for a moment is that that's the whole point, isn't it? You have ideas and and I have ideas that if I were to express them or if you were to express them to the public or to maybe people in our life, uh, they may be taken back by those things. They may not agree with those things. You know, we are a very agreeable society and we, we like to sort of stay low uh, we don't like to cause controversy, you know, we, we like to, to steer away from, from confrontation. And what that, what that enables us to do is, is to say, you know what, if I have sort of a, a counter-cultural idea or a belief, instead of saying it or instead of uh, putting it out there, because I know it's going to cause controversy and probably confrontation, I'd rather just keep it hidden. And Kanye's not doing that. You know, there are a lot of people that I I know and that I've seen on Twitter and even on Facebook and even on YouTube that have gotten shadow banned and that have also gotten just straight up canceled off of Twitter. I mean, they canceled the president of the United States. And a lot of people see that and it scares them. But here's here's what I need us to remember We have freedom of speech in this country, and don't ever let a corporation take away your freedom of speech. Don't ever let a president take away your freedom of speech and expression. Don't allow pressures from higher up to sequester your voice and to make you feel as though you need to keep hidden in what you believe. If you have a belief... If you have an opinion or an idea that you want to bring to the landscape, you need to bring that. And it doesn't matter if 99% of people don't like it. It doesn't matter if uh, it doesn't matter if 99% of people do like it. You need to speak out on what you believe and on what you think. That's a very important uh, that's a very important protocol and practice for our our mental health. And you need to realize that no matter no matter the feedback, whether it be negative or positive. It is going to be better for you and your mental state at the end of the day if you think through these things and speak through these things and stand on what you believe. And Kanye is standing on what he believes. He knows he's going to get negative feedback and traction from coming out once again, speaking of the red hat wearing, but it doesn't bother him and he's not afraid to say it. And I think that's something that we also should adopt. Stand your ground. Don't be afraid to say what you think. And if people don't like it, well, there's nothing that we can do about that, but we have to be true to ourselves. Okay. Now let's talk about this other issue about should Christians carry firearms into the church? This idea in my head spawned from an article that I read, um, about gun control in the church. And it came from the perspective of two different preachers. There were two mass shootings in the in the um, in the course of two years, and they each happened at a church. And there were two preachers that were present that both lived through it. One preacher, in his perspective, was is that what what he was going to do is that he was going to train his members to defend themselves, and they were going to set up uh, better safety protocols and and more security. And the other preacher decided 
that they were going to start pushing for gun control. Now you see there are two different, very different avenues of going about things right there. One says that we should be better equipped to defend ourselves if this happens again. And the other is to say, well, let's just try to control guns and, uh, and make sure nobody else comes in here and, and shoots up the place. Okay, so, so let's think about this from a Christian perspective, right? Because as we're thinking about this, um, as this you know religious topic, if you will, we need to remember what we can do and what we can't do that is according to what God wants us to do. So there are some people out there who will say that you as a Christian cannot defend yourself, that you must be a complete pacifist and, uh, and you cannot show any resistance. And I just frankly do not agree with that at all. Now, I know you may be thinking, and what a lot of people will say is, a lot of people will say, well, remember, Jesus said to turn the other cheek. And so that ends it right there, doesn't it, folks? That ends the discussion. Jesus said to turn the other cheek. If someone slaps you in the face, you're not supposed to retaliate. You're supposed to turn the other cheek. Well, Jesus did say that, but it doesn't mean what we have come to think it to mean many times. If someone slaps you in the face, what's going to hurt the most? Is it going to be your physical body or your pride? You see, when someone slaps you in the face, what hurts the most is your pride. And as a result of getting slapped in the face, you want to slap the other person in the face so that way you can answer for this hurt pride that you had received. This isn't about defending yourself. This is about giving other people the benefit of the doubt and not retaliating when our pride is hurt. That's what this is about, not about defending yourselves. When Jesus said to turn the other cheek, I don't think Jesus meant at all that you're supposed to just lay down on the ground and allow yourself to be beaten to a bloody pulp. We have a lot of people in the church who believe that we should be pacifists, even so much to the case that if someone were to break into our house, we would have to plead with them not to steal anything or to hurt us, but we couldn't defend ourselves at all. You know, let's think about it for a moment. You have a scenario of one person who's laying in bed at night sleeping and another person who forcibly breaks into that person's house. Which person would you say is not being peaceful? Jesus said that he wanted us to keep the peace. The Bible says that we should, um, as much as possible and as much as within us, be at peace with all people. But, but who is it that is breaking the peace? Who is it that is disrupting the peace right there? Would it be the person who got up out of bed and tried to defend their home? Or would it be the person who forcibly broke into somebody's house? See, it would be the aggressor that would be the one disrupting the peace, of course. Now, why would it be wrong for me to defend myself and my family if someone came in trying to harm my family, harm me, and take my possessions? I don't think there's a single scripture that you can point to that would say it would be wrong to defend yourself. Now, I will say this. It can be wrong if I'm actively seeking it. If I can't wait for someone to just break through the house so I can try out this new shotgun. If I can't wait for someone to look at me sideways on the street 
so I can put my hand on my hip where my concealed carry is. Those things are wrong because in that moment, we're looking for aggression. We're looking for confrontation. We are looking not to turn the other cheek, not to be peaceful. We're looking to do the slapping. We are looking to cause a scene. And so we do need to be careful as Christians. I know a lot of Christians carry guns and a lot of Christians own a lot of firearms. And there are some Christians who um, are more prone to perhaps use those firearms. And really what we have to remember is, is that if we are going to use firearms, the best use of, of a firearm is not as a, as a weapon or a sword, but it is as a shield. Um, we should have a firearm with the intent thinking, I hope I never have to use this thing in a real world situation in my whole life. It's a shield. It shouldn't be a sword. It should be a shield and we should use it for defense. Now, the reason that I bring those things up is, is because when we're talking about the church, whether we know it or not, there are people who come into the church and they have firearms and they're concealed. And sometimes, depending on where you are, if you live down in Texas, uh, you probably go to the gas station and see someone wearing a gun on their hip and it's not even concealed. But many times in the church, people bring firearms in that are concealed. I was talking to this one lady. I knew this one lady one point who carried a firearm in her purse and nobody would ever know it. Nobody would ever think that this, this little old lady would carry a gun in her purse, but she did. And she did it for self-defense. Now, this is, this is where it gets a bit rocky because some people will say that you cannot show retaliation if you're to be persecuted for the faith. And that is where I would agree. If someone, because of your faith, would try to persecute you, or let's say the government would try to persecute you because of your faith, it is not right to bear the sword in the name of Christ. Christ never wanted to, us to do that. He never wanted us to take land in the name of Christ, to wage war in the name of Christ. This is not something that Christ wanted us to do. In fact, remember Jesus told Peter in the garden when Peter cut off Malchus' ear, he said, those who live by the sword will die by the sword. We're not supposed to live by the sword. We're not supposed to be actively seeking to hurt others and to use our weapons. Rather, if we have a firearm for self-defense, what is the problem with using it? The only problem I would see with using it is, is if you are trying to flee persecution. If you are trying to keep yourself safe instead of risking it all for Christ. And I know to those who are our listeners today who are not Christians, that, that may sound bizarre to you. But that's simply just what the Bible speaks of. The Bible speaks of in the book of Revelation that there were there were saints, Christians who had died. In the first century, a lot of Christians died. They were martyred. They were thrown into Nero's circus, into the Colosseum, and ripped ripped apart by lions and and really made a mockery of. And they were put up on uh, tiki torches and lit in the uh, garden of, of Nero, the emperor. And I know, I know that Christians at that point and the reason I know this is because Christians today would want to do the same. I know that Christians at that point 
not all Christians, but maybe a sect of Christians or, or Christians in their minds would think, you know what? We're, our numbers are gaining here. The church is getting bigger. We need to put a stop to this. You know, let's try to stop this. Let's not just lay down and get persecuted like this. Let's stop this and let's fight back. But that is not what God wants us to do. That's not what Christ wants us to do. In the book of Revelation, it says, when it's speaking about the saints, it says, and they have conquered him, and that is Satan in context. They have conquered him by the word of their testimony and by the blood of the Lamb because they loved not their own lives, even unto death. You see, the reason that they could conquer Satan was because they weren't fearful of death and because they laid down their life for Christ. If we are attempting to take up the sword or take up the firearm for Christ, that's not a good thing. That is not what Christ stands for. But if we are simply defending ourselves and defending our family, there is no possible way that you could point in Scripture, in my, in my mind, to say that, see, here is a definite answer as to why you can't even defend yourself and you need to be a pacifist. And so should should members bring their firearms into the church building? Um, I think the answer is this. If a member is comfortable with firearms and if a member is experienced with firearms and if a member feels like he or she is more safe by bringing in a firearm maybe a concealed firearm on their hip. Maybe they go to the gas station with it. They go to the grocery store with it too. And they feel more safe to have that there in case someone were to come in from the outside and try to do harm. Then I think that's up to them as a personal decision. But if someone's not comfortable with firearms and someone does not, not like that, well, they don't have to have one. And I hate to say this, but I know, you know it's true. Almost no matter where you go in our world today, there, there are firearms. Whether you see them, whether you know about them, they're firearms. Even think about many schools today who have an armed guard, a police officer there, who's carrying around a firearm. You may think, well, boy, that's a little overboard, isn't it? None of these kids have firearms. Why is he carrying around a firearm? It's not overboard because we've seen school shootings. We've seen school shootings that originated within the school, kids bringing firearms to school. It's not overboard. The president is guarded, and no matter how much the president or the vice president wants to push gun control, the president is guarded by secret service who carry firearms. This country is guarded through firearms in our military. No matter where you go, there are going to be security measures no matter where you go. And yet, when you come into the church, you may see some security measures. You may see cameras, which I think churches should get. You may see locking mechanisms on the door that would prevent things, perhaps like a, a church shooting, which I think that is also good. But something you also see, whether you see it or not, I suppose, or there are members who are carrying firearms, and you may never know them, you may never know who they are. If you never find out about it, that means they're doing their job. If it's a concealed carry, a concealed firearm, you want it concealed, you don't want to be flashing it around, showing it off, you want it there just as a shield. And so if someone were to come in 
to a church and start just letting lead fly. You know, what's more important to have a shield that is a firearm or for there to just simply to be human shields? And let me tell you this, because I've seen this, not personally, but this happens during church shootings. There are some human shields that are going on. People trying to jump in front of others and protect others. You know, they even had this, this sort of discussion in, in schools where should they let teachers carry a firearm? And the idea is, it's like, well, a teacher would jump in front of the bullets, jump in front of her students and take all the bullets. If she's willing to jump in front of all the bullets and die for her children, why not give her the opportunity to have a firearm with experience and training so she can defend those children and perhaps even save her own life? I think it's the same concept here. There are people in the church who have firearms and sometimes they want to carry them and they carry them into the church. And I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I don't, I don't carry a firearm into the church, but if someone were to come in to the church that I'm at and, and try to cause something like that, I'd feel a lot more safe knowing that a few members there had some firearms and we had the capacity to defend ourselves. I would feel much more safe because of that. And I think you know deep down that you would too. And so although this is, can be a contentious topic, I think the only reason this could be contentious is, once again, as I said, for those who think that we as Christians today should be pacifists. But I'm here to tell you that you cannot find that in Scripture and I do not see or think that there is anything wrong with a Christian carrying a firearm into the church building, provided that he is safe with it, provided that he uses it, he or she uses it as a shield, and um, and provided that they are experienced. I, I don't see any problem with that at all. Thank you once again for listening to this episode of the Religious Coffee Hour. If this is your first time listening with us, we want to encourage you to follow us at The Religious Coffee Hour wherever you listen to podcasts and hit that notification bell so you always know when we are uploading. On our next episode, we got some special things to talk about with a special guest, and it's going to be fun. We're going to be talking coffee, drinking coffee, and also speaking about some pretty important matters. So don't miss that. Hit that notification bell so you know when we post next. And as always... Keep drinking that good spiritual coffee.